0: everybody, welcome to Silence Your Cell Phones, uh, the podcast where we talk movies. Uh, I'm Jarrett. I'm Kevin. Alright, and for everyone who, this is your first time, thank you so much for joining us. For everyone who made it through episode one and came back, thank you very much. Uh, as is tradition, we'll start the podcast. Kevin, what did you Come watch on. this week? Oh, well, I
1: watched the two movies that we'll be talking about later. But I watched Fury. Okay. I watched Sergeant Private Ryan. Okay. We'll go into detail later, but just know they were fantastic. I agree. So, that being said. And probably, I was, you know, honestly, just really mentally probably exhausted from last week's 10-movie marathon for the <laughs> Fast and Furious <laughs> franchise. Your benders. Oh, so, yeah. I think I needed a little bit of a break, but I did get in the two I was supposed to watch. Okay. Um, so... What about you? What did you
0: get into? Uh, Mine was a little bit busier than last week. Uh, I started off with Good on Paper. Uh, It's a comedy on Netflix about a female comedian who's kind of in a rut with her career. She wants to do more, uh, but she's just kind of having some setbacks. Her dating life sucks. She's just kind of set in this endless cycle of hookups. Um, But from there she meets a guy on an airplane who seems, as the title says, too good to be true, super rich, Yale graduate, Mm. a lot of red flags, uh, but she wants it to be true type thing, like, she deserves this guy. Yeah, he Um, better be perfect. Yeah, and so the movie kind of unfolds with, you know, if it's true, if it's not true, Uh, it was okay, very middle of the road comedy, something to do if you're bored and need something to watch on Netflix. Um, After that, I watched... Perks of being a wallflower. Oof. Um, yes. Big, a, yeah. big oof. <laughs> uh, I was not prepared for how heavy that movie was going to be. Um, you know, we were talking about Emma Watson on the last podcast. Uh, everyone said that's one of their favorite movies with her in it. Right. So I checked it out, cried. Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys who are listening at home will find out. One of my big guilty pleasures, I guess, are high school themed. TV shows, movies. Um, I think this movie was as close to perfect as one you're going to get. Uh, it had Ezra Miller in it, who's the Flash. Okay. He was fantastic. Has Percy Jackson in it. Nice. has Charlie, he's the lead character. Paul Rudd's the English teacher. Of course, Emma Watson. Right. Uh, it's a great movie. Uh, if you've never seen it, I highly suggest it. If you have seen it, I highly suggest you rewatch it. Um, after that, I watched Saving Private Ryan for mm. our themed movies. Um, and for those of you at home who missed the first episode, every week we do a podcast. Uh, Kevin and I give each other a random movie to watch on the theme of the month. With July being Independence Day and Fourth of July, we decided to go with American War movies, which is why I gave him Fury and he gave me Saving Private Ryan. Um and then after Saving Private Ryan, my buddy Andrew and I watched an animated movie called Summer Wars, uh, which was okay. It was two conflicting movies right. to me. Uh, it was a slice of life anime movie for half of it, and then an internet digital war for the other half. Yeah, that's uh, weird. I, I didn't think they complemented each other well. If the whole movie would have just been the slice of life, I would have loved it. I really enjoyed the characters, I really enjoyed the family and how they interacted with each other, um, but on the other side of the coin it was just the Digimon 2000 movie all over again. Who right. One of our buddies Jason pointed out to me last night it's the same director, so uh-huh. he basically just took the plot of one <laughs> yeah, movie and yeah. jammed it down the throats <laughs> of the next one. Uh, so it wasn't my favorite, it was good though, uh, if you guys disagree, let me know. Um, or if you guys want to watch it, if it seems like something would be up your alley, you should check it out.
1: Yeah. It sounds like you had a pretty busy week in movies. That's a good week, though.
0: Yeah. You know, since we started part podcast, I'm trying to do one movie a day, you okay. know, get off work, watch something. I have this endless list of movies and shows I'm trying to watch slash catch up on. I feel like every time I take three off, I put six on. So I'll probably never get to the end of it, but I'm okay with it. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's a good place to be and for being honest there's
1: never a time where there will be no movies to watch that's fair right and that's a great thing so we get to be a part of that um, no that's pretty sweet uh, t- so today today's topic uh, I think it's pretty cool looking at it did a lot of research mm-hmm. um, pretty fascinating stuff but theaters versus streaming and <clears throat> what that means, uh, the, what we discussed in the, the future of cinema, what we can expect the, the movie-going experience to become mm-hmm. with everything happening with COVID, kind of keeping us locked up you know, in our houses. And, and really, I'm not going to say completely taking away from the experience of going to a movie theater, but we certainly were confined to
0: our homes for a pretty good part of the year, if not all of it, right? I I think I saw, and I would have to go look at release dates for some of the movies, but I think I saw, like, one movie in theater last year for COVID. Yeah. And, you know, everyone listening at home, I'm not one of those doomsday preppers. I didn't think the world was ending. If I could have gotten into a movie theater, I would have gotten into a movie theater. Yeah. I just couldn't. Right. No, I'm surprised you didn't try
1: to sneak in or something and, and play your own your own movies on the on the projector at the movie theater. That would have been pretty sweet. Man. You always wanted to do a B and E, right? Had, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, but that's a great reason to do b and E, right? To yeah, fulfill yeah. that.
0: Officer, I didn't steal anything. <laughs> yeah, I just, just <laughs> wanted to watch a movie. <laughs> um, so I guess to clarify the question for me, mm-hmm. uh, are we talking about streaming versus theater? Or are we talking about like straight? to Netflix originals or are we talking kind of what Disney plus and HBO max are doing where they release in theaters on the same day they release to their streaming services? Um, I like, well, I really
1: kind of like both directions, but for me, my focus was mainly, um, with movies going, going straight to the streaming platforms and simultaneously the theater, you know, what that's going to do for, for the industry, for, for the for the movie going, or the theater industry, you know how that's going to affect it, whether it be negative or positive. Um, I think initially I was I was really kind of looking at it from a net negative aspect, right? And how it's going to affect the the theater industry years to you know years down the road. Um, but I, I, I spoke to a couple people. Um, I, I wanted to know their thoughts, and and so. Um, I I I called Hattie Mm -hmm. asked her I was like hey you know we're doing this thing um, what's your take and you know she had a lot of really good things to say about the direction because of the convenience that it offers a lot of families you know people that don't really go to the theater often you know and and, um, that's something I didn't really consider before right Um, but it was it was a A positive way to look at it versus what I was thinking. You know, it's kind of kind of doom and gloom or woe is me. But like, I love the theater and I love the experience of going. And so, you know, I don't want this to become what happened to driving theaters, where it essentially becomes a a novelty, something that that exists, yes. But maybe you go to, to one a year right? or, you know, something along those lines. And that's that's what we don't want, right? Because just the experience is it's such a special feeling going to a movie theater. And Me and you, we've been seeing movies for close to a decade now. Yeah. And some of the best times that we've had watching a movie or enjoying a movie has been at a theater. Right. right. So... You know, I don't know what you know, and you being a, a, a huge theater guy, I know what I mean. What's your take on, on the whole thing as far as how it's going to affect the theater industry and, and you know, maybe what's to come? Um,
0: well, first things first, uh, as you said, I am a tried and true theater goer, uh, it's one of my favorite things to do, it's one of my favorite places to be. Uh, I just think there are certain movies that. Thrive in theaters, and some of my favorite experiences have always been you know, popcorn bucket in one hand, drink in the other, and you're just sitting there with your friends, or you know, by yourself, you know, if you're so inclined, uh, just watching a new movie, something that you have been excited for, and you finally get the monkey off your back. Yeah, it's there and it's in your face. Um, As far as the straight to streaming, uh, I look at it at a different couple different aspects. Okay. Uh, as a consumer, I love it. That's uh, great. Yeah, I get more movies all the time. Right. Um, and it inclines me to watch movies I probably wouldn't have seen. You know, a couple months ago I watched the new Tom and Jerry movie. Uh, I would have never seen that in theaters, but I was home, bored, couldn't find anything. It popped up on my HBO Max and I said, you know, yeah. screw it. Was it good? Uh, no. no. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> well, uh, every
1: movie has their place.
0: Right, (laughs) but I mean they should have just kept it 100% animated. Okay. But if we ever talk about Tom and Jerry again, (laughs) I'll go go over that in more depth, Uh, maybe not right now. That's fair. But, you know, I don't think you can ever go wrong with more movies to watch as a consumer. Um, From a business aspect, I get it. Uh, Disney wants to cut out the middleman, wants a piece of their pie. HBO wants to cut out the middleman or Warner Brothers, not HBO. Wants to cut out the middleman uh, and get a bigger slice of the pie. Uh, I think, as far as theater goes, they're going to have to adapt a little. Okay. Um, because right now, or pre-COVID, and still right now, it's ungodly expensive to go to a movie. Yeah. You know, and this is not a sponsored plug or anything. But if it wasn't for that AMC Stubbs list, right? Where I pay 20 bucks a month and get three free movie tickets a week. Yeah. I probably wouldn't go to as many many movies as I do now. But Um, if AMC does want to sponsor us, our social medias will
1: be up after the show. Right. (laughs) Well, that's, that's probably
0: also a lie too. I would have probably gone to see the same movies. Right. But I might've snuck candy in my jacket pocket (laughs) instead of purchasing it from the theater. Yeah. Uh, So the three free movie tickets week definitely helps. Um, but you, a family of four, can't go to a movie. Not feasibly. for no. for, le, for less than a hundred bucks, no way. You know, it becomes a thing where they essentially have to go, maybe twice a year. Right. Where yeah. it's it's something that they just do. Um, they got a plan. They got a budget for. Right. Well, we're we're just talking strictly about the movie experience. You know, you got to take the wife and kids up to dinner before you go to the movie theater. Of so that's another eighty dollars or whatever if you eat anywhere in Birmingham. That's yeah. not that doesn't have a dollar menu. You, then you come to the theater, it's 17 bucks for a ticket. Yeah. If you go to the Big D or the IMAX theater, which is just a better experience to watch the movie. That's what, four four or five people? You know, that yeah. happens up. Yeah. yeah, so I can't blame people for not going and staying at home. Um, but I read an article today, they were talking to the CEO or COO of Warner Brothers, and he said for them right now, the data shows that there's not a correlation between streaming at home and in theater. Uh, they don't believe they're cannibalizing each other. They're saying the same people that were going to watch the movie in theaters are going to the theaters, and the same people they're going to watch at home, watch at home. Uh, he says it's probably a little better for them because the ones that are watching at home probably wouldn't have gone to the movie theater, Right. but they still watched. In the Heights was the example they were going over. Okay. Because... It didn't do great in the box office opening. That's a shame. But he said, you know, those people weren't, that didn't watch In the Heights, mm-hmm. weren't going to watch In the Heights. In theaters. In theaters or at home. Oh, wow. You know, like, I think my parents are a great example. They don't really go to the theater that often, unless it's just, it's usually a war movie yeah. or something that dad wants to see. But they really liked In the Heights, so they just watched it from home. So Warner Brothers got, one household streaming their movie Mm -hmm. that would have waited basically for me to come home with a copy of it on DVD or something and force them to watch it. But hop on HBO Max, stream it, wham, bam, that's a viewer.
1: Yeah. And that's something I didn't really think about for me. I guess it's because of the way that I watch movies in theater and we've done it before where we've gone, you know, two, three times to watch a movie in theater that we really liked. Yeah. Or or maybe we wanted to watch and see kind of like what we noticed that was different, what we didn't catch the first time, things like that. Right. You know, I I guess I just I imagine a typical viewer to be kind of in that same vein where they'll pay you know another movie ticket to go watch what they believed or felt like was a great movie, and so I kind of wondered, you know, how much how much money are they losing by taking this approach? You know, by by not having it stay um, strictly in theaters for a little bit, and having it just go from as soon as it's released to theaters, it's released to streaming
0: platforms, and you know, right. and I don't know what the percentages of movie tickets go to the Warner Brothers, the Disney's, and things like that. I don't know right. what slice they're getting from the movie theater, but if you think about it, it's really it really can't be that much. Honestly, because you have one family going out and spending forty-five dollars on tickets, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to do that, like you said, once, twice a year, type thing, right? When they're when a big movie comes out, um, or you know, they just have the spare change. Um, but now, instead of spending forty-five dollars once a year, Disney and Warner Brothers and all these streaming services are saying, "Hey." just pay us 15 bucks a month and you can watch whatever you want. Right. So they're still getting that family's income. It's just a little different. Yeah. So I think it I mean I think it benefits them in the long run because they're not paying movie theaters anything to put out their movies. Right. But I would like to see a compromise and you know with COVID and it being such a huge shift one way, I think when we came out of it, everyone overcorrected. Okay. Kind of like hydroplaning on a road. Yeah. You know, you hit the water and the first thing you do is jerk instead of just riding it out and seeing where it all settles. Right. I think all the theaters said we have to get money because we took a huge hit. Let's put them straight to streaming so more people subscribe. Yeah, we've got to get something back. Right. And what I would like to see would be like an agreement between them and the movie theaters. You know, AMC goes to Disney, it goes to Warner Brothers and they're like, hey, for X amount of dollars give us the movie for a month yeah and we'll keep it in theaters for a month uninhibited and then the day after the month ends you can put it straight to your streaming services okay people aren't waiting six months for DVDs they're not going to forget about the movie because you know sometimes I forget movies come out on DVD because it takes them so long to get from theater to DVD to where I can stream it at home or buy it so it's Still fresh on everyone's mind. People aren't, you know, clawing at the bit to figure out a way to see the movie if they don't want to go to the theater. So it gives everyone that wants to see it in theaters a chance. Because let's face it, if you want to see the movie, you're not going to wait a month to see it anyway. Like, if you're going to the theater, you're going to the movie theater. Like, people that want to watch Black Widow are going to see Black Widow Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It's Fourth of July weekend. You know, they're going to take time out of their day to go see it. And the people that are, like, on the fence about Black Widow or don't care would wait the month. Like, it's not going to change anyone's habits. Yeah. But I think it's a compromise to where you don't just eradicate one field to gain three subscribers.
1: Yeah, and I've always felt like... You, you, you touched on it a second a second ago when you were talking about the, the time that it takes for a movie to go from theaters to DVD or, or somewhere we can access it. Um, you know, I've always wondered why that is because there's a lot of time you know the six months or however long it is now you've gotten to the point where the next big thing is in the theaters and am I gonna buy this old DVD of this thing that I saw six months ago or am I gonna watch the next big thing in theaters and so that's what I'm gonna do I really like this idea of having it still kind of fresh in everybody's mind where they will make the purchase to watch it again but. At the same time, it'll have given the theaters time to make their money so that it doesn't become, you know, what I fear it could become in the future. And and hopefully it won't, but, you know, become obsolete in any way because I don't want to have to explain to my grandkids the experience of going to a movie theater. I don't want it to be like that. Right. But, you know, because it's such a, such a magical place. I, and that's not a word that I casually throw around like it really is uh, a spectacle something to look forward to something enjoyable that's it's purely entertainment um, and so that you know to me that's important but that being said tons of good tons of good comes out of oh, it being released to stream. A 100% programs.
0: like I said I, there's movies that I'll watch that I wouldn't have watched you know I wasn't going to buy Tom and Jerry on DVD yeah so right, I mean, for it, sure. it being straight to streaming, it's great. Uh, I think the silver lining of it all right now is, as we saw, you know, we went to Fast Nine opening night, mm-hmm, yeah, uh, in probably the busiest theater in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it in IMAX, so the tickets were a little pricier. Um, if you weren't using, yeah, stuff I think they were, or, uh, I think they were like seventeen like bucks, 16, 17 yeah. bucks, sure, plus concessions. So you're you're investing in the movie. Oh, the theater was packed yeah, out. Yeah, it was slammed. And I think what we're finding now is Alabama and all these other states are opening more coming off their COVID protocols. Mm-hmm. You know, every restaurant we've been to for the past month or so, we have to eat at like 5.30 to catch a 7 o'clock movie. Because if we go any later than 6, yeah. we're going to be late. Yeah, Like, there's it's no slight. way. Yeah, there's and it's not the restaurant's fault. They're just to capacity. Yeah. And so I think people are looking for... Any, any reason to get out of the house. Right, and things that were taken away from them. Yeah. Like, yeah, parks are still busy because people, you know, we picked up disc golf then. Yeah. COVID, so people found outdoors things to do. But now they want to go back, at least to me, go back to a resemblance of what normal life was before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. And we had, we had discussed this before, um, you know, but the... The Black Widow thing. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see the numbers from that. I think it'll be indicative of what we can expect to come to happen. Um, and hopefully hopefully the the the, the audience is, is fairly big. And I think it will be. And we, we talked about it where I think the comfort of it being a Disney movie, a Marvel movie, is going to play an important role in getting people
0: in the... Right. We've been watching them for a decade now. Yeah, hell or hell or high water, people are going to go watch Marvel movies. Oh, for sure, it's a universe that we've all invested in, and you know, honestly, and it's a scary thing for me to sit down and quantify. I can't think of the hundreds of dollars hundreds and hundreds of dollars, probably at this point, that between ticket purchases, concessions purchases, how much in time I've invested. Into this franchise, yeah. I mean, some of those
1: movies were seen twice
0: in theaters. I saw I, I, I saw <laughs> Winter Soldier five times. <laughs> Dude, I, I saw it? F- that number is in the thousands. I'm sure of it. I saw it three times in regular theater, wow. twice at the dollar theater. That's how many movies are in the franchise. I mean, there. That's a pretty good bit. It, it's hefty. I haven't missed a a release of no. a Marvel movie opening weekend since Iron Man came out. Wow yeah yeah I 100% and it's something
1: that existed pre-COVID Right. so I think that familiarity will be huge in in getting people in the theater Um, you know Scarlett Johansson it's the the movie that everybody wanted Um, you know so I'm
0: really excited to see that fan base show up and it's the first really big blockbuster this summer has given us. You know, Fast 9 was big. It's a big franchise. And I should have looked up the numbers probably before we started this just so I could kind of see, you know... It- I think $300 million, uh, is where it's at now. Okay. I think cool.
1: it's like the fourth fourth biggest. There's a there's like a, a Chinese movie, High Mom or something. Yeah, That was like the biggest, but um, I think it's like third or fourth
0: highest grossing film this summer at like $300 million, so. Right, and you're telling me that... Those people aren't going to come out for Black Widow, if not more. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I
1: agree. Because so I think I think the 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 Fast audience is, is sort of a sort of a niche crowd, um, and I think Marvel was, I think Marvel was way way more global, right? Than and nothing against the the Fast, I mean, the, I love the fast yeah. I mean, it was great. They'll
0: always get me in their theater. But you're right. Um, I'll be interested to see. How it does in theaters, Black Widow, and how it does on Disney Premium? Because I think they still charge you like thirty bucks to watch it. And if you're gonna do that, just go to the theater. Yeah. Like unless <laughs> yeah, you're the family of six, that it's unrealistic. Yeah, it's quadruple that amount <laughs> yeah. to go see. Just
1: yeah, and being a, you know being a, being a couple of, of, of single guys, you know that are pretty stable. I, I think that we would be. You'd be hard-pressed to not find us in a movie theater on release weekend,
0: right? Right. Well, I mean, there's just movies that require you to see them on a projector screen like a theater.
1: You know, that's something that, actually, I, I didn't I didn't touch on it earlier, but Hattie said the same thing, where there are movies that are just not as enjoyable from the comfort of your home.
0: It, it, requ- it almost requires... That theater experience. Well, a perfect example we just saw was Quiet Place Two. two yeah, like watching Quiet Place One. In we rewatched it in mm-hmm. the apartment. Right. A couple days before we saw Quiet Place well, Two. Well, I'd never seen it.
1: Right. So I didn't even get the. I didn't, I didn't get the. Theater I, didn't, experience. I didn't see it in
0: theaters. Okay. The first so I was time either. One. No. That makes me happy. So uh, this might have been the second time I saw it watching at home. Mm-hmm. But the amount of drama. And suspense from watching it in the apartment, than this same amount, but quantified a hundredfold when you watch it in theaters. Like every yeah. creak, you're on the edge of your seat, wondering, you know, how much noise is this about to make? You know, the entire theater the theater audience, silent. It's silent. That, you know, I mean- I mean, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. They didn't want to make a sound. Right. Just in case. Right. You know? That's, that's what the theater brings. Right. Then when you're just sitting at your apartment, posted up on your couch and then it's just like, oh, there's, you don't have any stakes. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you don't have any stakes when you're watching in the theater, I guess, but you feel like you do. No, you're right. And and so there's also the, obviously your apartment's kind of
1: the, the hangout spot for, for the crew. And there's, you know, the, we're constantly kind of in and out of it, out of here. And um, You know, there's no at a movie theater. There's no like side sounds. There's nothing else going on. Right. It's 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 romantic to the point of it. it almost feels like it's you and the character, right? Like it it, it's it's very I would it's very intimate, and it's different because there's almost you almost feel separated when you're at an apartment or at at your house. And there's, there's other people, and maybe they're having a conversation or whatever. Whatever the case is, it's it just, it's different. And that's something that I, yeah, like I said earlier, I don't want to ever not have that available. Right. Right? So, but no, that's a great example of Quiet Place. And if you haven't seen A Quiet Place 2, it's fantastic. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, would recommend highly. I'm not a big scary movie guy. Well, Sorry, it's not a scary movie. It's a thriller. Thriller, but it was thrilling, and it, it was pretty fantastic.
0: So, um, But yeah, anything else on, on streaming versus theaters? And No, I think that covered everything I wanted to say. Uh, I hope it turns out for the best. Uh, a lot of money gets moved through AMC's CEOs' offices and mm-hmm. things like that, I'm sure. So I'm sure there'll be some... Deals brokered between them and the production companies, uh, but as of right now, if Fast Nine was in the indication, I don't think theaters are hurting. I mean, yeah. the AMC stocks seventy bucks right now, so Hey, that's always a good. Yeah, thing. So did doing- you invest? Did you? Did you? I sold at nine dollars hey. <laughs> because I, bu- I bought it at five, sold it at nine. I was take, like, take your W. I was like, you know, I made some money. <laughs> I surely can't go higher than this. My dad sends me a text message the other day and says, have you seen AMC's $72 or something? And I was like... Don't. You know, I was like, I, made a, I made a profit. <laughs> 2020.
1: Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, man. That's fantastic. So, uh, okay. So, we'll get into, I guess, the second take, yep. which is our themed, themed movie movies. reviews. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so last week, Jared and I, and I think you, you covered this earlier, right? With the 15 yeah, the movies. Um, so for July being the 4th of July, Independence Day, also a great movie. I digress. Uh, we decided we were going to do American War films. And I gave Jared a film. He gave me a film. We watched it. And now we're back. Jared, you gave me Fury, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt. Shia LaBeouf. Instant classic. Great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, so I'll say, just to, just to start this off, I give it a solid 7 out of 10. Okay. I thought it was great. Um, am I going to put it up there with the, you know, with, with the Saving Private Ryan's and the, the, the big warf... Probably not. But did I really enjoy it? Yeah, you better believe it. Um, Brad Pitt plays a, I guess, a, a, a tank commander. Uh, he's got his crew. Shia LaBeouf plays Bible, you know, kind of the Southern Bible-thumping, uh, you know, God-fearing Christian man. And then the other guys were not as much, so it was, it was really cool to see that. Uh, duality play out in the movie. Uh, Lo- Logan Logan Lerman, I think is his name Lerman something. Uh, Percy Jackson. Uh, it was cool because he was in the movie and I I didn't know that, but I've only ever seen him in Percy, Percy Jackson. Jackson right. So to me it was like watching Percy Jackson. Right. Um, no, but he was fantastic. He was playing a you know a greenhorn, their new tank gunner who had absolutely zero business being their tank gunner. Um, But, no, Brad Pitt's character's top was awesome. Uh, Michael Peña was in the movie, and for me, that was... I love Michael Peña, because I'm a big... We talked about it on the last last episode, but Shooter, he played uh, Nick Memphis, uh, the main FBI guy. Um, So that was cool to see him in there, and he did a a really good job. I think he was Gordo, I think was the character's name for him, Gordo. I believe so. Um, uh, He's essentially the driver if, if I'm not mistaken, he, he drove the tank. So, um, but no, man, it was, it was really awesome. Um, I want to, do, do we do, are we doing spoilers or anything? Is that, is I that mean, okay? you could say
0: spoiler alert, but movie's been out for seven years. Okay. So okay. It's, it's on the listener at this point. Yeah. 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 So
1: <laughs> I'll preface, I will preface this by saying I'm going to, I'm going to cover some, some spoilers topics here. Um, I was really surprised that they all didn't die. I, I really, truly thought everybody was was not going to make it.
0: Yeah,
1: I guess I could see that. You know, it was kind of like the the three hundred situation, right? You know, where where they're just they're up against uh, just insurmountable odds. Yeah, and, and it was kind of cool because it was. Uh, it was, and I'm gonna have to get his name, but Percy Jackson's character, yeah, uh, that makes it out the the greenhorn, and it's it's um, there was a moment where one of the Germans after all the fighting and and just the, the nonstop bloodbath that was the final battle, and mm-hmm. they're just taking out you know enemy soldier after enemy soldier, um, however they can, and. He escapes through a hatch under the tank, and kind of like bury, starts to bury himself in the dirt. And another young enemy soldier looks under the tank, sees him, and doesn't say a single word. And it kind of makes you realize that you know whether you're American or German or French or whatever the case was you know uh, these were humans. And a lot of people lost their lives, and, and, and this is World War II, if I, if I didn't say that earlier. Um, and so it was kind of cool to see this, this German, this young German soldier realize that maybe this guy doesn't need to die. Right. You know, this one's kind of it's it's already over, pretty much. Um, the setting, for those of you who haven't seen it, is um, the setting is towards the end of World War II. Uh, we're advancing in Germany, so it's it's all but a done deal, um, and so yeah, I mean that that was pretty incredible, and, and the way the director kind of captures that moment, it almost seems nonchalant, but uh, it was powerful. You know, it made an impact.
0: Well, I just think the guy, the German soldier, just identified as, you know, that's that could be me. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. You know they're roughly the same age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I they think. were. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think I, I obviously think the movie is good. I suggested it to you. Yeah. Uh, I believe once it's all said and done, Brad Pitt will go down as one of the better war film actors. Well, Brad Pitt is. I mean, he's already one. Yeah. Of the, he's obviously just, in my top two. Any genre, but really. I mean, Fury. I think he he did another war movie that I can't remember right now. He was an inglorious Bastards. Yes, you know he just—he just has that gritty, just war-torn commander. You, you know, know it's just funny. tough
1: sob. Well, you said it last week, I think. Um, you were talking about like, or maybe this was a conversation with, with just me and you, but you were talking about Brad Pitt being like this typical, like pretty boy, the pretty boy, yeah. And you don't expect the type of performance that you get—that's like really gritty and rugged. Uh, that's fit of a World War II veteran, you know, and, and he, he plays the character so well. And in the movie, I guess they had, they had said something about him being tough because he made Percy Jackson's character kill somebody. He had never taken a life. I mean, I think the guy was a desk jockey. Right. You know, he was a typist or something. He, he wasn't, right. like... He, he hadn't held a weapon since Basic, probably. And now he's forced to learn how to fight on the front lines in a tank with a veteran crew. Like, man, that's tough. So he had never taken a life. Well, there was a scene where he was supposed to shoot anything that moved. Well, a German child was hiding in the forest and essentially attacked the tank in front of them. And it caused a U.S. soldier to lose his life and it was it was on him. And Top goes, hey, when I tell you to shoot anything that moves, you do it. You don't ask questions. And he said, but it was a kid. Meanwhile, you've got the American soldier who's, who's, who's burning, he's been set on fire, he's you know he's burning to death and all oh, because he you know he was obviously young and inexperienced but in war anything happens right right you know that's the the un- not unrealistic it's, it's the it's, it's reality though it's it's not not a perfect world bad things happen um, and in that situation you know he got into a lot of trouble so when they captured an enemy German Brad Pitt said, hey, I need you to kill this guy. And
0: well, well, those characters are kind of like the circle of life right in war. Right. I mean? like you had the new guy. Uh-huh. Never, he's never shot a gun, wasn't his thing, desk jockey, super sympathetic to other human beings. Right. As I believe we all are. Mm-hmm. And I believe Tom Cruise is no, Tom Cruise, sorry, Brad Pitt's character probably Brad Pitt's character was probably that same way when he joined right but I mean World War 2 was such an awful war yeah and you know being a tank commander and seeing the stuff that he saw right you can only imagine it desensitizes you yeah and it becomes an us versus them like they're gonna kill us so we have to kill them right it's like well that's no longer a kid that's just a Nazi yeah that's just the enemy Right, and obviously you saw what happened. know yeah, you, you you don't think about it, and it's funny because there's so many similarities. You know, when you're talking about characters and uh, themes to your movie that uh, the movie you gave me, that oh yeah, uh, I think it's I don't know if it's just the themes of war movies or if this one just took a lot of inspiration from my movie. Right, but I really I really enjoyed Fury. Yeah, no, it was a fantastic movie. I
1: think the characters were casted brilliantly. I think the director did a phenomenal job. Um, I looked at some of the reviews online, and I mean, for the most part, it was it was kind of right at where I said it was, and it was um, no, it was it was fantastic. I had never seen it, so watching a new movie is always a fun experience, anyways. Um, but yeah, obviously Brad Pitt. I honestly, never go wrong with Brad Pitt. I either. honestly
0: was surprised at how good Shia LaBeouf was.
1: Yeah, Shia LaBeouf was surprisingly good. Um, and I, you know, I've always been kind of pro-Shia LaBeouf. I, you know, I think his acting is really good in, in most of the stuff that he does. Um, yeah, his character as Bible was, was pretty great. And then towards the end of the movie, you know, he's been quoting the Bible the whole time, right? And uh, top, Brad Pitt's character doesn't say a whole lot. Well, when they were kind of... Knew they were facing death. They, they knew what was going to happen. Right. Uh, Bible. Shia LaBeouf's character said a quote, and Brad Pitt told him the verse and the chapter. And, you know, and it was just a really cool moment because Shia LaBeouf was like, "Yeah, Top, that's right." You know, and that, it was just it was super cool to 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 see that. And and I think both of their performances and even their their chemistry and their relationship in the movie was was. Pretty fantastic. Right. You know, so, um, yeah, 7 out of 10. Would recommend 100%. Great movie. Would you rewatch it? 100%. Does it, does it have rewatchability? Yeah, I would rewatch it. Yeah, 100%. There's no doubt. You throw it on right now, I'll watch it. So, Fury. For those of you listening, watch it. Great film. Uh, Jerry, I gave you a movie.
0: You gave me the movie. Yeah, I did. I don't think that... It's one has, of them. I, I would be hard-pressed, and I obviously haven't seen all of them, but when I think war movie, the first thing that comes to mind is Saving Prefer Ryan. Yeah. And that's what you gave me. I did. So I appreciate it. So I guess I'll start by saying, spoiler warning, it's been out for 20 years, <laughs> 30 years actually, as we move into this, so... Sorry. If you haven't watched it, you should really just stop the podcast, go watch it, yeah. come back. The movie's that good. Won't hurt our feelings. Uh, like I said, it's the quintessential war movie. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with it, uh, first of all, shame on you. But <laughs> second of all, uh, it starts off in probably one of the most iconic, if not Demon. the most iconic yeah. battles in World War II, Man. D-Day. Yeah. Uh, and at the time and even now I believe that opening scene the entire battle of them from when they get off the boats and you know bodies are just getting uh, mowed down yeah the odds to win that battle were impossible you know we were just fishing a barrel <laughs> as soon as the
1: boats, boats sand.
0: hit sand we were getting mowed down from yeah. machine guns in you know trenches uh, and I think that opening scene is still one of my favorite war scenes ever. Well you
1: you're taught like and in, 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 for, for those of you who don't know my my degrees in history, um, I love history huge huge history buff nerd, whatever you want to call me that's what I am. Um, but you're taught throughout school the chances that we had winning. D-Day, right? And I think the director did such a great job of relaying that and saying this is this is what we were up against the entire time and because I watched it with you the
0: entire time we watched that scene I was like how well, besides Tom Hanks being on the cover of the movie poster, right? You don't know who's going to you don't know who the main characters are? Yeah. Of that movie Everyone's just dying. Yeah. You can't really get attached to anyone no. because you're like, who's you know, next? yeah, you're like, okay, well, this guy's saying like four sentences, so he must make it through. Boom, sniped. <laughs> it's just like so you really don't know what's oh, happening besides. It's gross. Though. Besides Tom Hanks, it just kind of gets thrown in charge. You know, he gets up to where the barbed wire is that they're about to blow up and says, you know, who's in charge here? And they're like, well, you are, you sir. Are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah so that just sets the tone for the entire movie Yeah, Uh, and it never really slows down from there. Um, The premise of the movie is after D-Day there's a family from Iowa uh, the Ryans Mm -hmm. um, that have all four of their sons fighting fighting in World War II uh, and three of the four all died in battle. Uh, and so, what the Army wanted to do was find Private Ryan, who was Matt Damon's character, right. and essentially get him home because he was the last of his family's bloodline. Yeah. I think their dad was already dead. Right. Um, obviously, probably too old to have kids at that point, anyway. I mean, they were all in their 20s, yeah. um, if not older. Uh, so, they wanted to get him, get him home so he could continue his. Family name. Family name. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire movie. Um, obviously, there's a bunch of different altercations. Uh, as far as the cast goes, you know, you have the sniper, who is essentially Bible's character. My favorite character. You know, every time he pulls the trigger, he has a Bible verse. Oh, yeah. To say. He's, talking, he's talking to God. 100%. He has, he has probably the greatest snipe in movie history. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, hands down, I think. Yeah, and I'm, not, a, I'm not even going to tell you guys what it is. Because if you've seen it, you know. If you, you haven't seen it, you, you need will to look know. it up.
1: You will know after you watch it. Um, Iconic.
0: Yeah, and you know, I guess I didn't realize it because it's been a while since I've watched it. But that cast is... Yeah. Insane. Pretty phenomenal. You know, every time a new guy shows <laughs> up on screen, you're like, I know that guy. You know, Ted Danson just shows up <laughs> for like... Three minutes, you're <laughs> no. like, okay, Bertier from Friday Night Lights is in forty five seconds. He's in one scene. This character was hilarious, though. Yeah, the deaf guy. Yeah. So he has to yell. <laughs> Paul Giamatti's in it at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vin Diesel. Well, the first time I remember seeing Vin Diesel before he became Vin Diesel. Yeah. You know, he, he was he did. was only in the movie. See how skinny he looked. Yeah, he was only in the movie for like thirty <laughs> minutes. Yeah. So the acting's superb. Uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, yeah.
1: Cranston was in it, it yeah. Brian Cranston,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. He was one of the army uh, he commanders. Looked like, he looked like a baby. He was so young, ah, so young. But I mean, even Matt
1: Damon was young. No, yeah. Well, this was pre. Oh, this was, Matt Damon. Yeah, this was even.
0: The, yeah, you know, it this was, was early to early nineties. Uh, well, Maybe late nineties, 90s. Late 90s, early two thousands, somewhere around I, there. I, I definitely think it was a nineties movie. Uh-huh. Right?
1: But the cast, man, looking back, it's one of those... You know, You people always talk about, like, yeah, that movie's phenomenal, it's great. Well, the last time I saw it was four or five years ago. Or I only saw it twice. I just remember it being amazing. But when you go back and look, and that the cast was phenomenal. It's insane. Yeah. Like, what they all
0: grew up to be. do, yeah. or what they did after? Nuts. Uh, but as far as war movie goes, I think... It would take a lot. There's only one movie that I would even argue about for best war movie I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, and it's 1917. Oh yeah, but that's about the British army, so okay. it's not it's not up for this category. Right, but it's still it's that good. Okay, but when I think quintessential war movie, like someone says, name a war movie, Saving Partner it's not it's just a reaction at this point
1: for yeah when, well when we talked about making it themed and then obviously 4th of July and, and American War movie um it, it was definitely one of the first ones that popped in my head and I just thought it would be really great to get an opportunity to watch it again right and maybe give the viewer a chance to watch it as well um Because it is a great movie, and everybody, and I mean, everybody should watch it. It's so good. I think, I don't know, man, there's just so much to, and there's so much to unpack in the movie. Um, I really wanted to ask you, because I thought it was something that I noticed throughout the movie was the resentment
0: that the group had for... Matt Damon's character. Oh, and I think that's one of the best parts like the best I guess feeling the movie gives off, right? Right. Because there's an importance placed on Matt Damon's character. Like these eight individuals this group that knows each other mm-hmm. loves each other cares each other are now sent behind enemy lines mm-hmm. to go rescue one someone guy. they couldn't tell apart from Adam. Right. Right. You know, he's just a face in the crowd. And, you know, they start losing comrades. Yeah. And I think it was just like, who the hell are, are you? Yeah. Like, that guy had a family. He's got a he even said it in the movie. He's got a mom. Yeah. Yeah, so why is his life any more important than yours? Yeah. And, you know, I think it shows a lot and why I love Tom Hanks' character so much. Because he never faltered. Oh, no. You know, we were given this order. This is what we signed up for. We're going to get this guy home. Yeah, I think my... And probably one of my favorite back and
1: forths was when they were asking Tom Hanks, like, why he doesn't bitch. He was like, I don't bitch to you because you bitch to your superiors, that that, that, that goes up. Yeah. Bitching goes up, it doesn't yeah. go down. Yeah, bitching doesn't go down the ladder. And he was like, well, what would you say to your commanding officer? And he was like, sounds like a great mission. My team's perfect for the job, I'll do it. Yes, sir, you know? yes, sir. <laughs> and so yeah. it, was just, it was his character to a T, and, and Tom Hanks was fantastic. Oh. He did such a, and obviously he's one of the greats, and you know. Um, but, damn, that was just so good.
0: So, such a good character, yeah. And they were all. Every character was great. Every character in that movie was great. You grow attached to the entire squad, uh, and again, it goes back to what we were talking about: getting invested in movies. Yeah, like you, you want them to all make it out. Ugh. You know it's unrealistic, but I, I heard so bad for the medic. I can't remember his name. The young cat, but. Uh, I know it was Giovanni Ravisi's character.
1: Yeah. It, I just, you know, early in the movie, you're like, man, just you know, give him a break.
0: Yeah. The dude's storming Normandy. There's, you know, well, bodies everywhere, and he, he's trying to help. And Yeah, you see him dragging people with who's missing their legs and stuff, and you're like, being a medic that day especially. Oh, yeah. Dude, you just can't do it. Awful. You can only hope you ease the pain enough that they can pass. In peace. Yeah.
1: And you know and it's, it's spoiler alert but the, uh, yeah 20, 20 years it's been yeah. out so obviously it's yeah. shame on you if, if I'm spoiling anything but um you know when he gets gunned down yeah like I was just this dude's been through all of it in the span of three days or two days however long he's been you know and you've just seen this guy really go go
0: through some shit and it's like <laughs> well talk it goes back to what you were talking about with um the rookie in Fury you know they get a translator Yep. all he does is sit behind the desk translates German to French that's what they needed someone who could speak German and that's French it. so they bring him along he tells them hey I haven't held a gun since
1: Basic, basic. and they yeah. said well
0: did you shoot it at Basic <laughs> and he said yeah and they're like alright well then you should be fine and they get to a part where they take a POW and he's the only one in the Squadron that does not want to kill him right. because he laid down his gun. You know, it's he surrender. It's the rule. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's the rule to let them go, and so they let him go. They blindfold him, tell him to walk, and you know they're like either we're going to find him or he'll just be circulated back in. And then later in the movie, that guy shows back up, it Shows two, kill, kills one or two of his squadron, and they capture him again once the Allied forces show up to save the day and the guy the German guy's talking to him like remember me Remember, and he just shoots him yeah I right, no hesitation yeah he lets the rest of the, his, the other Germans he yeah. says y'all go ahead after he kills the guy yeah um, and it's that's just that just shows how tough that theater of yeah. war is to people I mean his character it wasn't even like a character development. His character just changed. Right. Like in a split second. He hadn't fired a gun at all. He didn't even the fire a gun. Last battle he didn't was, fire a gun in the final battle. He ran around. That was making me so mad. Yeah. Like he didn't <laughs> he didn't shoot anyone until he realized he saved that guy's life and that guy comes back and kills his friends. Yeah. Like how
1: how how does he show gratitude right he continues to murder Americans right. and his friends? Um, But yeah, that was, you know, and the the thing that infuriated me in particular about that guy was that towards the end of the scene, they're running out of ammo and he's got like two full like clips around his neck and by like it's wrapped around his leg and his neck and it's, you know, he's, he's covered in ammunition and the rest of his team are getting picked off and, and dying because they have no ammo. Like, they're throwing pistols at each other. Like, empty pistols. Yeah, yeah they threw their helmets at each other. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this man has, like, full, full ammo. Like, he's going to be the last person in the war. And he's just going to kill everybody. You know, like, what are you doing? Um, so, yeah, that was, I was a little heated at that. But, um, no, it was just, the whole thing was was fantastic. And, obviously, a classic. So, um, I really enjoyed it. What would you give it? What would you rate it? Is that,
0: is that, i mean is a that... i i go off i like going off stars uh i think it's easier for me to rate that way okay because you can just go by twos like one star one to two two to or three to four yeah. five to six seven to eight nine to 10 cool five stars yeah i it, it's the whole cliche you can't say anything's perfect but that's as close to a perfect war movie Yeah, that I could ask for. I mean, every character I loved, every actor stepped up. Steven Spielberg, probably the most famous director Mm -hmm. of our time, you know, that slaps his name on it. All right, okay, well, a lot of greatness. It's gonna be good. Yeah, a lot of greatness. I'm pretty sure it won an an Oscar that year. Yeah, if it didn't, it should have for sure. So, five stars. Yeah, obviously, it's rewatchable. Probably should watch it once a year. I'm yeah, I
1: think you... I, th- I really think the effort should be made
0: to do it once a year. Yeah, you know, this time of year when you're feeling patriotic, throw it in and really... Just really let the first scene sink in. Okay. That people actually did that. You know, that's one of the things that we discussed was
1: the... what we would have done in a similar situation. And... Man, I you know I don't know that I would have made it off the boat.
0: I mean, I would have been there, you know, for my country. Yeah, but I would have been a big target. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think we might have been a couple of the first to go down, Jay. Yeah. Not small guys. Yeah. Oh man. So, um, no, I, I think what a fantastic start to to this particular segment. I'm looking forward to more. Um, and with that being said. Next there week. is more, next week. All right. What have you got for me?
0: Lay it on me. I'm switching up. Okay. The, the feel. All right. You know, Fury and Saving Private Ryan, both really heavy movies. Yeah. Very emotionally draining movies. Okay. So I'm gonna switch. I'm gonna go a little lighthearted for you with well, a war that I don't think gets enough credit, and it's the Korean War. Uh huh. I'm gonna have you watch Mash. M.A.S.H.? Yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah, shout, or shout out Scott Hubbard, my father, one of his favorite TV shows. I've seen so many episodes of it. Never actually seen the movie. <laughs> so I'll probably watch the movie with you. Okay. Uh, But so I wanted to make it a little more lighthearted. Maybe get some laughs. You know, it's funny because I had a similar thought. Yeah.
1: You know, it took a lot out of me, right? So, but I also, and this is this is the, the, the best part of this, is that I've never actually seen this movie. Okay. I've always wanted to, and this gave me a reason to, like, watch it. Um, classic, though. Robin Williams.
0: Okay, Good Morning, Vietnam.
1: Good Morning, Vietnam. It's the only...
0: War... War Robin, Vietnam, Williams. Vietnam, <laughs> Robin Williams. Robin Williams <laughs> movie that I know of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ford Square, I've never seen that Okay, so that's now, great. Now we have two movies that it's uh, exciting we can watch. That's true. I love watching new movies. Well, and, and Robin Williams, I, dude, wow! I could literally spend an hour talking about Robin. You know what? Put it on, put it on the docket. Yeah, <laughs> episode on? episode whatever. Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's maybe rest in peace. Yes,
1: absolutely. Rip to an absolute legend, yeah. Robin Williams. God. I miss
0: that guy. Everyone does. <sighs> it really makes my blood boil when I see this Facebook. Like, if you could only bring back one person to make another movie, who would it be? Oh. And it's like, Robin Williams, Paul Walker. I'm like, well, don't yeah, even stop associate it. him. Stop it. And with all due respect to Paul Walker. He's a, he's a good actor. Right. But, but he's, he's not, not Robin. He's nearly. nearly. Yeah. He's, he's double-A baseball. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He, Robin Williams is... Uh, legend S tier 1920 Yankees just uh, can't get enough so uh, are we going to talk about next week's episode or do you want to throw on some some upcoming movies to look forward to what do you have in mind for next week's episode next week's episode well I really liked what you were talking about earlier thought that was cool you want to give that a shot
0: you remember what it is your idea the one we talked about earlier about earlier today movies that would have been better as series yeah yeah I love that yeah we can put that on next week's episode I've got a big me
1: too okay really yeah well we're gonna have to discuss it off air right so we don't say the same thing right but it's big y'all if you're you're listening gear up it's gonna be it's gonna be a doozy okay um yeah so we'll do that one yeah uh, so next week we'll be doing movies that would have been better off as a TV series, and um, I'll let you I'll let you guys marinate on that.
0: If you have any ideas, we do have an Insta. Instagram. We do, we do yeah. have an Instagram, now. Silence your cell phones yeah. on Instagram as basic as it can be. Uh, that goes straight to us. Um, we also have a silence your cell phones gmail account if you feel more inclined to email then dm us but if you have any questions topics you want us to discuss what's the email address uh silence your cell phones at gmail.com okay, cool yeah uh so if you have any questions uh stuff you want us to discuss again if you know me personally um dm me yeah same for me guys uh kevin shelton
1: if you do know me um message me on facebook Give me a call. I'm old fashioned like that. Whatever you, you know. He does prefer phone uh,
0: Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm a classic man. Simple. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, so with that said, also next week, uh, we are starting our individual movie podcast. Um, starting with Black Widow. That'll be fun. I thought it would be appropriate yeah. to start it with that one. So you should be expecting two podcast that week. Um, Stoked. Stoked. Well, I guess this week. Black Widow's on Friday, right? Uh, I believe. It's on the 9th? The 9th, yeah. Yeah. So this week. This week. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Black Widow Widow Friday. Uh, So hopefully we can get that out to you. We'll probably record it sometime during the weekend, try to get it out on Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you guys have uh, all weekend... To you watch see it go watch it guys
1: if you've if you've gotten nothing else from this podcast if you can make it out yes yeah, if, you, if you if you feel uh, like you're at a place where you're safe or you're vaccinated and, and you can make a trip and you can you can afford a trip to the theaters go do it show some support for the theater industry show some love um,
0: you know obviously we will um, and i'm sure we'll touch about it on our regular podcast um the one that we're going to do the movies are better as a series topic um so if you just want some brief introduction to the movie you didn't get a chance to see it check that one out the one that's dedicated to the movie will have spoilers uh so i'm just going to go ahead and preface that we'll say it again during the podcast watch the movie you won't spoil anything if you just watch it just go see it so with that being said uh, we usually end it the same way uh, stuff you should be looking forward to seeing yes Um, what do you got this week being the ninth, really the only big thing is Black Widow right Uh, however I did see today that there's a like 90's style slasher series coming out on Netflix that actually starts July 2nd so it started last week it's called Fear Street, nineteen ninety four. Mm. I believe it's like an old school Freddy Jason yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what the only reason it caught my eye was because it's a trilogy, and they're releasing one each week. Okay, so that's th- cool. The first one comes out on the second. The second one comes out on the ninth. The third one comes out on the sixteenth. So I appreciated. I thought that was a really cool way to. It kind of hy- like makes a hybrid of. Series movie, yeah, you yeah. know, I love that. I, well, I, I don't love the
1: scary part, like, if it was another genre, I'd probably like really love it. But so, that's gonna be one you're gonna have to I'll fill you trick out. me into watching, maybe, For, or maybe, yeah, or, you know, whatever you gotta do. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: scary man, I'm just you know, I get there, I'm working my way up. And this one's not an immediate coming out, but it gives me a reason to watch The Sopranos. Because I haven't watched it, and I'm going to watch it now. October, they're doing a Sopranos prequel movie ah. called The Many Saints of Newark. Like, young Tony Soprano. Yeah, so sweet. So you guys can also put that on your calendar. So, okay, Cool. Well, we appreciate you guys. Thanks for sticking around for episode two. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, and seeing.